Wiggity wiggity, what's up guys? Welcome to the Coffee Sometimes podcast. We are your hosts and your guests, your talent, uh, your foil, your, your protagonist, muse. your antagonist. We're everything, your everywhere, all at once. Um, love that movie. Hey, I'm Ethan. That's my friend Riley. That's my friend Ross right over there. Yo, yo. Um, and welcome to a more professional, you know, getting together where we're going to talk about. It's going to be so professional. Yeah, we're going to keep it professional. We're going to talk about coffee. We're going to talk about mm, the book we're reading. We're going to talk about um, coffee menu. What? Yeah. What What, what? goes on? What stays off? Yes. Um, and then maybe a couple other things here and there. You got to stick around to find out. I'm not going <laughs> to give away the whole thing now. Yeah. Guys, um, Ethan begged me to do this intro segment. Yeah, this is my new thing. So get used to this every time you listen. You're doing great. Really? I'm impressed. Yes. Man, hey, um, speaking of doing great, what are you doing over there, Ross? It's time that we brought back the coffee brewing segment on the Coffee Sometimes podcast. Would you guys agree? Oh, yeah. Let's oh, hear yeah. it, listeners. Do you agree? Yeah! Yeah! yeah. I mean, obviously, that was very telling of that. Um, but I'm brewing a cup of Joe. So we've got this. Uh, I don't even know how to describe this brewer. It's a fellow. Stag X, right? St- Is that what it's Stag called? Stag X, SpaceX. It's, it's like a, Fast X. It's but. the Tesla SpaceX brewer. Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. If I don't know if you can see that there, if you're listening on YouTube. By the way, I'm wearing a backwards hat today uh, because... Ethan said, I look like Theo Vaughn. And that was the nicest thing he's ever said to me. Does he do that? <laughs> I don't really know bad. why I just saw that. I think uh, that you're just thinking about podcasts and personalities that people relate to. And you true. just thought Ross really looked like a personality you could relate to because his hat's backwards. I Yeah, I feel safe. I feel seen, yeah. cared for. And related to. And related to. There you go. The, the big three, baby. Hey, what are we even brewing up, though, TBH? I would like for you guys to guess. Okay. Oh my gosh. Um, and just for the listeners out there, if you're wondering how we're brewing this coffee, this this brewer, the the stag XF, by the way, XF. Very catchy name there, fellow. What is XF? Just like how their their new kettle is the fellow stag EKG Pro Studio. Come on now. (laughs) You know they probably have a reason for each of those words. You know, but you, you should just find a different way. But if maybe. Maybe they're like the EK forty three is the most popular grinder in specialty coffee. Yeah, let's just come up with some letters as well. The studio. I feel like that. Whenever I hear studio about a coffee product, I'm. It makes me think of home brewing. Totally. Okay. Quick, quickly. Yeah. Isn't it funny how different words have different connotations in different formats in different fields? So studio, yeah. like a Les Paul studio. Yeah. Or. A an SG studio, mm-hmm. it's like a cheap guitar. Yeah, it's it's the cheaper version. But I think the studio of Fellows line is their most expensive model. Care to comment? Uh, I mean, I think both just make sense, and I don't really know why. I don't know. I guess that's why you know if you're launching a coffee company, you need to spend all of your startup money on getting a focus <laughs> group. You know, mm. getting a sample from yeah. Forget merch. Mm. Yeah, for last week. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, or a I, couple hours ago when we recorded it, right? You know, yeah, we just we're really it. batching these podcasts. Um, but anyways, 
We're here with the XYZ Brewer. It's XF for extra fun because gosh darn it, we're just having a good time. You see how oh deep this this uh, bed is? This What would you call this? I don't know. The brewer is just really deep. The vessel. And the coffee's way down in there. And brew, brew chamber. The thing that we've noticed is that this brewer has a very, very fast letdown time. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning, like, like the opposite of that would be a V60. I feel like a V60 conical style brewer is always getting clogged at the bottom. And so the letdown, you know, is is slower. I guess the drain time, how easy it is for the brewer to drain yeah. is kind of what I'm talking about. This brewer is a flat bottom uh brewer and it has multi perforation it has tons of holes on the bottom whereas a v60 only has one so anyways we're grinding the coffee finer so that we can slow down the drain uh to reach a three to four minute brew time we got a 25 gram dose we're gonna use our apple iphone to calculate 25 times 16 any guesses boys that your ratio? Yeah. Uh, 400. Stop. Yes. 400? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 400. Nah! Ethan guessed it right. 1 to 16 brew ratio. Just multiply the dose by 16. And that is how much water you bingo, should pour. Bingo, bongo. Bingo, bingo, bongo, baby. Hey, but we're not looking for three to four minutes, right? Because it's so fine. Wouldn't we be okay with a little sooner? <sighs> we're Okay, we're still dialing it in. All right. Uh, yeah. there, there's the other factor of this that since this is so steep, I think the way fellow sells it is because it's so tall, it in a way acts as an immersion brewer as right. well. Yeah, yeah, Um, so there's just some weird variables. Uh, it's not Dude, even, put even the mic on it, even when I'm grinding finer, it is still drawn down like fast. <laughs> I'm going to use this WDD, WDD, WBB tool. I beat so many letters. WBB8. Keep track of. Just call it what it is, dude. The Weiss distribution technique. Yeah, that might be a little bit easier, but I used it on the bloom to bust up the clumps. Did you see anything come up? See some action? Yeah, I did. But you just lost some weight. Yeah. Yeah, Very incalculable mistake there. Do you want my mic? Oh, that's. Oh. Okay, that was worth it. I have to go pee now, so thanks a lot. You're welcome, listeners. Welcome. Really bringing you into the fun. Welcome to the Coffee Brewing ASMR podcast. What do you what you guys think? Okay, all these brewers. Right. When When's it going to stop? <laughs> Am I right? Uh, I feel like it really slowed down there for a second. Totally. And then now it's speeding up. I mean, that's been around for a minute. I mean, yeah, but... Let, let's be clear. This isn't new. Hey, yeah. can you do me a favor and Google search the um, not neutral Gino Brewer? I feel like that's a very similar shape. Um, I feel like, and that was pretty popping a couple. Do you have years. Google on there? <laughs> Firefox. It's. I think mainly the vessel just looks similar. Oh. Um. For a while, it was just V60 Kalita. The bottom vessel looks And similar. Beehive. Remember Beehive? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was like the alt brewer for a while. Have you guys ever seen <laughs> this brewer? Siphon, baby. It's been going around the coffee YouTubes 
lately. Already no. A, a few months ago. It is basically an immersion brewer. With an immersion blender? <laughs> Shut up. It's an immersion brewer, but when you're done brewing it, it has a pump, like like a legit like hand pump, like one of those like ball-looking pumps. All that for a cup of coffee? And you brew it, and you let it be immersed as long as you want to, and when you hit that pump, it extracts the coffee through the filter and into your cup using like vacuum air like quickly quickly they call it the quick cup okay when sounds pretty cool right it does sound very cool similar to the siphon right when though is there going to be a brewer that you put you put whole beans in and while it's being touched with hot water it is being ground and it's being ground and brewed at the same time. The marketing message is like it it matters that much to have your, your coffee it is, freshly ground. Yeah, it is ground during the brew process. Yeah. Man, I think there's a lot of money to be made in what you're talking about Thank right you. now. I think it's a very, very dangerous in a good way idea. It's gonna upset the market. <laughs> it's gonna hey, break the system. Guys, guys, guys. What? I gotta go grab cups. Oh yeah. Wait, you don't have a cup? Well, I can't. Just drink your my... coffee. Chug it, dude. No way. You Are you crazy? Baby? Yeah, I'm a little baby. Don't be a baby. Wow. Pour it into here. My coffee? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Hey, what'd y'all get into this weekend? I played. Oh, that was good, too. I played in Greenville. And Stop. then I caught a catfish. Oh. Tell us more. <laughs> Okay, this is actually an interesting story. Our viewers and listeners are going to. You already told me, though. So, yeah, we'll just act like I didn't tell you because that's how the podcast works. <laughs> so, um, so I have two fishing poles, right? One of them is Giselle, my three year old's uh, Barbie fishing pole. That, so sick. That if, if you cast it far, which I can. Like it, <laughs> it actually runs out of line. Like there's only so much line in the reel. Wow. So like if you, you can't cast it that far anyways. So I have that one and then I have my dad's surf fishing rod, which is so long and huge. And like, so I have like two extremes, right? So we you went, go get you Zebco with the Walmart, buddy. Maybe so bull. <laughs> uh, now that I'm in the game, I caught my first fish in a You're while. Hat backwards. <laughs> I'm going to start putting some some fishing hooks on this thing. Um, anyways, so I was not about to rig up my huge fishing pole. So I had this Barbie fishing rod with, you know, a bobber and some corn on a hook. And I Back just to the corn and I just dropped it underneath this dock. Um, my Ra- Rachel's family has a dock. We didn't just go to a random dock. OK, no trespass. We are not advocating trespassing on this platform. <laughs> Um, Can you put like a banner? Yeah, yeah. we'll do. Okay. So it was just sitting there. We were hanging out on the dock, whatever. Is the coffee done brewing? I think so. Rachel what was and, her time? Uh, four minutes and 40 seconds. Really? Yeah. Well, we went really fine. That's going to be over extracted. Maybe. Maybe or maybe not. Um, What? 
I just gave you that 10 and said if you want to. Hey, that's what that's made for, though. How about that? Check that out. Cute. Anyways, so I, I was hanging out with my nine-month-old on this dock, okay? and No three-year-old? Three-year-old and Rachel are in the water, so I, I'm responsible for my... They're swimming in the lake? Yeah, isn't that gross? Oh! Um. Anyways. Like Ross was thirsty. Oh, sorry, guys. I didn't take no, that much. No, 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 that's all right. Okay, let me finish my story. <laughs> so uh, I have my nine-month-old and, and this fishing barbie fishing rod with corn on it under the dock something just takes that corn and almost like pulls the rod into the the are you holding the rod no 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 it's just laying on the the dock i got a baby okay um and but it immediately snaps the line i'm like okay it's on it's on so i got my very very long surf fishing rod and like put a tiny little hook on it and a little bobber with this like lime green heavyweight line on it and just dropped it. I didn't even have to like cast it, obviously. It was just like right there. And so I waited maybe like 10 minutes and then I, it allegedly the same fish like took it. Um, and I, it wasn't even a fight. Like I just like it, it was fighting it really hard, but I just like pulled it out because there was no reeling involved because it was right there. And Phoebe was just like, it's like watching, um, but yeah, it was is basically the size of Phoebe, but she was not interested. I put it like right next to her, and she was just like, <laughs> "I thought she would just be like that, but she wasn't." No hands, no, no arms, just completely melancholic. Fish on, brother. And you put it back. Yeah, of course. Oh, well, I you know people eat catfish. I can't eat a catfish anymore, especially from the lake bottom yeah, dweller. So- yeah, but like, uh, I just the lake grosses me out, man. Yeah, I get I, it. I don't dig it. I don't. I don't like to go. I don't like to get near it. I would go on a boat. That's about it. And Look, I would fish. There's no man. There's no natural forming lakes in Georgia. Did you guys know that? No, I had no idea. Well, that's a that's a fact. So I can't trust a man made lake because yeah. it's the fish are man made too. Whoa. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Mm. Do you guys ever WDT your coffee afterwards? We've talked about this. Oh, really? Yeah. I think. Were you I, not listening months ago? Yeah. I, I bet I bet you it actually does increase extraction, oddly enough. Because the colloids. But the co- this coffee is also over extracted. So. <laughs> but maybe if you kept over extracting it, it would come back. Uh, quickly, Ethan, what did you do this weekend, man? Uh, oh, we catered a wedding. Oh, oh, fish on. Perfect ad run right there. Yeah, if you're looking for a uh, Valor coffee at your wedding, uh, consider us because we're the best. We're probably the best in the business if you want Valor coffee at your wedding. <laughs> Actually, what? Hey, hey, hold on. Hey, 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 hey. hold on. <laughs> we're one of the best. We're, we're top 10. We're, we're top. one of the best Valor coffee serving caterers. Yeah, we do all right. Uh, yeah, we went to a... Um, Went to a wedding in Cleveland, me and our roaster, Sam, and we had a great time. Party hard, man. And then on Sunday, I bought a gas-powered weed whacker because I had only had an electric weed whacker that didn't do anything. So, made a world of difference. So I went to Home Depot, got the Echo, and... Ooh, high dollar, huh? I know, man. I know, but... 
you know, now that Dunway's open, I I got to spend my money. I literally <laughs> it just keeps getting bigger in the bank account, and I'm I'm trying to like drain it. So really good point. Yeah. Why don't you think I'm getting any of that? Well, you know, I just I was the one that set up the bank transfers, so except I, I didn't. Um, and I literally just weed whacked my yard for probably two or three hours because my yard is just a forest. So you're a weed whack over weed eat kind of guy. <laughs> well, I, we were talking about that. Uh, I, funny enough, I mean, I think they're just called trimmers. Huh. Because I was at Home Depot, and I was like, where, where are the weed whackers? <laughs> I was like, I don't think they're going to offer it as a weed whacker. And then I come home, my wife was like, isn't it a weed eater? And I was like, well, maybe it depends on where you're from. But when you think about it, it's not eating it, but it is whacking. It's definitely it. whacking it. Yeah. So that's why I decided on Sunday, I'm a weed whacker guy. Yeah, I'm from the weed eater part of the country, so that's Same just here. me. Yeah, my dad said it so fast all the time that I didn't even know what he was saying. Weed eat. He's like weed eater. Weeder. I didn't like piece it together that it's like weed eating yeah. until. Hey, sorry, I can't hang out this weekend. Ago. I have to weed eat. I got to yeah, weed eat. I need to use the weed eater. <laughs> hey, what'd oh. you do this weekend? Ooh, I finished up some home projects. I, I put lights in our closets, and I, I'm, I'm really happy about it. Do you have a picture you can post? I wish. Dang it. Um, Stay tuned. We didn't have week. lights in our closet, but behind our closet is our laundry room, like on the other side of the wall. Like me and Michaela have individual closets in the room, and then Close. behind the closets is the laundry room where there is an outlet. So I ran a power supply from that outlet just ran it through the wall into this like Wi-Fi controller and then ran like these LED lights on the ceiling. Yeah. And then put motion sensors on our doors. Yeah. To where like through Wi-Fi, it's just like when you open the closet door, the light comes on. When you close it, the light goes off. <whistles> Pretty nice. But what about when oh gosh. What about when someone wants to like get a new shirt at 4 a.m. You know, are you guys going to be okay with the light turning on? Let me tell you this. Between the hours of 10 p.m. and 7 a.m., it comes on at 5% brightness. Riley Dude. Westbrook, everybody. This man <laughs> thinks about it all. I just can't believe, like, your performance at work is about to skyrocket. <laughs> like, the amount of stress that you're going to be mitigating from this. Second brain, man. We better... I we, never have to think about turning the light switch on. So then, how much more... Can I yeah. think about editing this podcast? Yeah. All week long. Yeah. Yeah. Did that. Had Ariel over, uh, our first guest, and because of our new place, is just a lot better for hosting. Nice. Made some pizzas. It went well. Or well, on your pizzas. Prosciutto? <laughs> you guessed it. Yeah, baby. Shout uh, out to Prosciutto, just baby. Just San Marzano. I think that's how you say it. Tomatoes. Sure. Food processor with garlic and salt. That's the base. Some of them we put, you know, like big, thick slices of mozzarella. The other ones we put goat cheese. Some of them I threw some peaches on. Some Georgia, of them, Georgia peaches? Yeah, of course. Some of them... Some prosciutto, arugula. What do you do for your your crust? I just made it. Do you still have sourdough going? I my sourdough died again, but I know someone who has. I started the sourdough. 
Gave it to someone else. They still have it, and it's still going, so I'll just get some more of that from them. And also get Is their name A-B-B-Y? Yes. Nice. Uh, yeah, but I, I just used yeast. Uh, I, I, I like sourdough pizza, but if we're talking about the traditional way of doing things. Wow. Which is funny, because I'm sure the traditional, traditional way probably was sourdough. <laughs> but Leave a comment below. Throughout. You know. The traditional throughout way. the Italian peninsula, yes. yeah, <laughs> they right. they use yeast for the most part. And, hey, yeah. shout out to all my yeast homies out there, yeasties. Yeah, yeast donut or cake donut. I don't. I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeast, yeast for sure. You know when donuts like Krispy Kreme, they just like melt. Yeah, that's a yeast. Okay, cake would be like a yeah, yeast. Yeah. Maybe I, enough said. Okay. Enough said. All right. That was the main portion of our time, just mm-hmm. the donut conversation. So let's wrap it up here. Downhill from here. Hey, how about chapter seven, huh? Hey, I also think this coffee's good. Costa Rica Tierra Natural. Try again. What? It's between the Rwanda... Muzo or the Hambella. Hambella for me. Probably Hambella. I'm going to go Hambella. Ethan, you were right just now when you said that. Can you edit it around where it <laughs> makes me sound like I'm right? No, I'm going to edit it to where it sounded like you said I said Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Yeah. It's really fruity today. What would you brew on drip, though? Worker's Comp. Oh, my gosh. Worker's Comp's good. Yes, sir. Chapter 7. Sort of a, a wide variety of topics he covers here, but maybe one uh, overall vague theme of setting expectations <laughs> and leadership and such. Um, was there anything that stuck out to you guys in particular? Hmm. I also agree with the wide variety. I had a little bit hard, a little bit of a hard time tracking with this chapter. I mean, I definitely still some very highlightable moments for sure. But I was, I just found myself being like, wait, what's this chapter about again? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think one of the things that, uh, it wasn't like this huge takeaway, but it, it did make me think is the differences between a restaurant and a coffee shop. Mm. And not just a restaurant, but like, I guess what I'm saying is that a coffee shop is a unique business that's unlike a lot of businesses in the sense, in a, in a lot of ways, but one of the ways is he was telling the story of this food runner that he was working with that was really underperforming and was not passionate. And uh, he was going to find him a new position on the floor. So he moved him from food runner to expo where he was basically like conducting the whole operation. Which is crazy. Yeah, a crazy thing to be like one of the lower tier things people on the staff the food runner that just runs the food to like you're literally the conductor of the symphony that of that is a restaurant and he came alive in that role and stuck with them for years and years and they you know assume assumedly did not have any more problems with him at least in the same way that they did when he was a food runner and i was thinking about that with our coffee shops and the thing about like the, the thing that came to my mind was like if somebody is really, really, really great 
with technical things, but they're not as good with people. Like, oh, we could put them on Brewer all the time. Yeah. And then we can put all of the personable people that like talking to people on concierge all the time. But I'm pretty sure that wouldn't work. Like, yeah, I don't. I, my, my first instinct with that is is because people have the expectation that they will be rotating positions on the floor every two hours. They whenever they stay at a position for longer than that, it's it's a bit of a letdown. Not that people make a big fuss about it because they don't. They're very flexible. But the the thing is, like, if somebody's on concierge all day, that can end up being kind of exhausting. But it just made me think about, like, man, what would that be like if you just came in and worked the same position every day and, like, we hired people for positions? Mm. And not to say that you couldn't flex out of that from time to time. Um but then that's kind of like a, a weird idea. But for the most part, when you're working in a coffee shop, everybody just kind of floats around to the different roles. And as like on top of that, you don't have that many people working at one time, which is good from a labor percentage standpoint because you're paying less people. But organizationally speaking, you're just afforded less flexibility mm-hmm. in that context. So – I was thinking about that and just how to glean something from what he was saying as far as somebody being in the wrong position and being able to adjust their role to get the most out of them and yeah. not just to get out of them, but like let them enjoy their job more and, and learn and grow. Um, but it's, it's kind of hard. Uh, and I guess that's one of the reasons we want to grow our company bigger so that we can have more roles to give and to, to like move people into different roles. Mm. Um, whereas if you just have one coffee shop, I mean, you can't really like afford to have all of these roles in the company. You can really only afford to have like a manager or two. And then all the baristas that kind of all do the same thing. Um, but it just, it, it at least made me think about that, which I think is great. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he says a leader's responsibility is to identify the strengths of the people on their team, no matter how buried those strengths might be. Yeah. Um, But it sounds like where you're coming from is like, okay, in our context, when we identify someone's strength, there's not a lot of like shifting that can happen. Mm -hmm. Everybody's kind of expected to be a jack of all trades at this juncture. And it sounds crazy if someone's underperforming in their main area to be like, basically any movement in our company is a promotion. So yeah. To be like, all right, well, you're not good at talking to people, so we're going to make you be our head roaster. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I guess do we just pride ourselves on like finding people that are highly – adaptable and skilled and that's why it's hard to find awesome people i think so and and can you imagine a coffee shop where you somebody's whole job is just to be the brewer which for listeners that don't know one of the roles uh in our coffee shop is called brewer and basically they just pull shots brew tea help with dishes do side work uh 
you know, run drinks from time to time. They're but their main job is to like keep our expo stocked with matcha, espresso, that kind of stuff. But could you imagine like if if you had three people on the floor and one of them was only brewer, one of them was only concierge, and one of them was only expo, and they were not allowed to move outside those roles? Like that that wouldn't Does work. Sound worse because somebody walks up to the register to place their order, and concierge is taking a dump. Ew, and, Ross. and Brewer's but, like, but "Oh, sorry, explicit. sorry, can't uh, can't take your order. Not, not qualified, not trained." Yeah, um, Riley, did you see anything that really stuck out to you? You know, I did. Uh, yeah, so I'm just gonna read this little blurb. Uh, he was talking about Christopher Russell, uh, and he made a big impression on the team with his first speech as GM at Union Square Cafe. He said. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I'm am. I said, I'm am. <laughs> I'm am. I'm so excited to be here. I believe and love this restaurant with all my heart. I'm also clear about what my job is, which is to do what's best for the restaurant, not to do what's best for any of you. More often than not, what's best for the restaurant will include doing what's best for you. But the only way I can take care of all of you as individuals is by always putting the restaurant first. And, boys, I don't think culture likes to hear this it's a tough word but i am always thinking about how we can communicate this because this rings true for us too and um i think that it was really well said here i think it was you know a little bit dry but it's the truth it's if we aren't focusing on the health and well-being and the advancement of this company then that puts us that much more at, at risk of you know doing worse or going out of business or whatever. And that affects a lot more lives than one individual whose feelings you might hurt. Yeah. Um, so this is a good foundation, a good thing to remember, especially when the going gets tough. I don't know if you guys have anything on that. Yeah. And he, there's a bit of nuance to it too, where he, the author of the book was recalling that speech that that guy gave to the restaurant. But he was saying that, Everybody received that so well because he had been working alongside all of those, all of his cohorts, you know, his mm-hmm. his colleagues uh, for years and running food and, and doing all these things. And so he understood every nook and cranny of the restaurant and all of the team dynamics and all that. So whenever it because another thing they say in this book is they believe in promoting from within. So that that man was promoted from within and that's why he it was received so well. So I think he was also making the point that like you, you have to earn the right to be able to speak in that way to your team. Yeah. You and then he does speak in that way to his team at the end of the chapter. Yeah. Earn the right in the sense that being a servant leader and, and being present, active and hands on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other thing for me that stuck out was um, the, just the bit about basically pre-shift meetings, which is something we have toyed with doing, um, but a little paragraph. In order to become a team, we needed to stop, take a deep breath, and communicate with one another. If that meant using a more basic napkin fold or simplifying the butter presentation so everyone had time to meet, then that was a trade-off I was willing to accept. How connected we were as a team was more important to me than anything. 
So that instantly got me thinking, how can we do that as a coffee shop where you have multiple shifts throughout the day? Like here, you know, at a restaurant where they might be opening at five and then closing at insert time. Um, it's a lot more likely that your entire team is getting there at the same time. That's where they get in. They have the family meal, et cetera. We just can't do it like that because we can't have people come in at 630 and then work until we close at five and leave at six. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've done the pre-shift huddles, but then like that makes the mid-shift kind of hard to, you know, line that up with something. But it definitely has my wheels turning about how we can incorporate this because I totally agree. Like, um, I would totally trade off on other things if it meant everyone sitting down and being like really, really on the same page about, you know, emotionally uh, what's going on with people, but also like, hey, we got this new coffee on the shelves. Here it is. And that's one thing that they do not take lightly. You know, they created foundations for how they could communicate their wine menu and things of those sorts. But, um, they still had the expectation that people would be very knowledgeable. And that meeting was kind of a part of that where they could have all these notes and go over them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm, I'm just definitely thinking about how we can do that better as a coffee shop. If any of you listeners are able to do that and have ideas for us, please share. Please. Yeah, that was sick. Um, on page 59, he's talking about like some people on his team and he says, I think every leader should have a Laura, someone who feels comfortable telling you when you aren't acting as the best version of yourself. Uh, this is something I always really value because we're in leadership is making sure that there's people around that are still able to hold us accountable and speak into us and give us feedback. Um, I always think you get in a pretty dangerous spot when you don't have that. Um, we've talked about that plenty. But it does seem like the overarching theme was like kind of boring sounding, but communication systems, right? Like all these different touch points leaders in the team have to connect and like build uh, unity. But yeah, that, that building trust is legit. But I really think it's, it's such a powerful vision when you're like, I want to be the, the best. Let's be the best. And if you don't, if you're not on that, same page. This is the time to get off the boat. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we're about to buckle down, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so sick. But one thing I liked, so he's talking about when things were kind of a mess before he took over the restaurant or like in his early season. And it was kind of around like, you know, who's doing things right, who's doing things wrong. And he says, uh, It didn't even matter who was right and wrong, though, because nobody was communicating effectively. I feel like we see this really often in our sphere because coffee is so personal. Everybody's got these, like, specific ways. And we've talked about it a couple times in our All's Task, but I'm like, let's all just work on the nitty-gritty details that divide together because, like, it doesn't, doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. It's just, like, what... What does valor do? What is like the valor standard? Because if we just stray from that and we start telling people to do something else, even if it's like a better way, you've created like disintegration. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
What? Dis. Disintegration. I said this. I just sounded out a little because uh, disintegrating sounds like. <laughs> but I I thought I thought that was really interesting. Of like it, so often we just think in black and white. Just like, what's the best thing? What's the right thing to do? It's like, what does the company do? What's yeah. the standard? And then if that needs to get changed, how do you effectively change it? Mm-hmm. And it's not by like going around or like just doing it yourself, you know, but it's like having a company-wide adjustment. Yeah, and, and it it is valuable to be a stickler about the nitty-gritty details like what what is the globally agreed upon way to make a London fog in a 16-ounce versus a 12-ounce Yes, that matters, but what matters just as much is our ability to work through that together. Yeah. Like the the skills that you build and like the the neural pathway in your brain of like whenever there's a, a problem, this is what I do. I talk to my team about it, like and, and this is how we work through it. Mm-hmm. Going down that pathway as much as possible as opposed to taking it into your own hands or like resenting someone that does it a different way or whatever the case may be. Or just like checking out and not caring about how we do it. It's good. Mm-hmm. Hey, we got a question from our last video. I'm going to hit it real quick. Uh, it's Dude. from Travis. And he says, he asks, if tamping is a big concern, how come you guys don't use puck press? Are there negatives to it? Great question. Thank you, Travis. Um... I don't know what y'all's guys' thoughts are about this, but mine thought, mine thoughts mm. is when I have used a puck press in the past, it hasn't worked that well. Mm. And uh, they could have made improvements to it, but uh, the things that I noticed were that unlike a big step tamper, it left coffee hanging around the edges. Um. I'm sure that there is a learning curve to it, but I don't like that there's a learning curve to it to it because I think that defeats the point of the puck press. I think the learning curve is too steep, maybe. Um, and maybe maybe that was just a personal thing for me. Uh, so I'm not saying that's like universally true, but those are the things I noticed about it. Uh, and that was enough. And then I looked at the price tag and like that was enough for me to not ever want to buy one. And I've always thought in the terms of our first cafe, which is very, very packed back there. So I, I always like couldn't justify the like, it's not very spatially economic. So that was enough for me. Our only option there would be getting the like E80 under, right under E80 model and we already hate the E80 so that would be a a, a really yeah, hard just dumping more money into the E80 <laughs> yeah uh yeah i think it would probably be worth revisiting to see um but yeah it's definitely like there's i'm sure all of you out there who do this get it like there's a little bit of nuance to not suctioning your puck out whenever you're using an oversized tamper yeah um so that was the problem before is that they didn't want the suction. So the tamper, I mean, I know you, what you can put, can't you put your own base on it? Isn't that a thing? I don't know. You used to be able to. I'm not sure. Um, 
but yeah, we, we just need to revisit and see because if it, yeah, it's one of those things. It's just like, if it's gonna, if we're gonna invest in something like that, we want it to be consistent. We want it to be great and be better than the alternative. And the last time we tried it, it wasn't better than the alternative. What's the price tag on a puck press these days? I don't know. You, we'd probably buy it through like a wholesale channel. Um, I know that our people, our people have them. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. My my inner old man is like, I'm just another thing to break. So I I would love to know the the shelf life and the stability. Yeah. Of the the puck press. Because you're kind of you're really SOL if it doesn't work. Yeah. And then everybody has to tamp, and then nobody's been tamping. Nobody knows how and to you tamp. Train anybody to tamp. Yeah. Every tenth shot, you have to tamp to keep keep your chops up. We would be looking at, I mean, you know, shipping it all in, spending at least a, a grand on one. That's not so, as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah, it's not crazy. I don't know. Maybe someday. We got to buy at least ten Moonrakers first. So it's funny that an Anthem Scotty is about a grand. Yeah, that is funny. <laughs> the best value grinder out there. Uh, Tetherball says Elias. Um, we've got some other things brewing. Ha ha! Right now, this is when he was talking about the coffee invention or the lids. Yeah. Or, but don't worry, we'll get those funny coffee lids you boys love so much back in cafes one day. Hey, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Then he says, also, I would love a mop bucket that uses the pressure from the handle to rinse the mop head with clean water. Seems like a no-brainer to me. Well, let me tell you, my friend, I think we've got just the product for you. The spinny mop? Yeah. Well, it doesn't rinse the mop with water. Uh, yeah. That's what he's saying, I think. Okay. But there is a spinny mop. There, that there's a spinny mop. Uses the pressure from the handle to like, it's like a drain or a spin cycle on a on yeah, a washing machine. Yeah, but then you dunk it back in the yucky, you know. Yeah. How would you look that up? Spinny mop. Spin mop, please. Yeah. Um, you guys have a different type of mop though, Dunwoody. Correct. Do you like it? Uh, I yeah, I think so. Um, the problem with the spinny mops is the the surface area that the mop covers is so small. Oh. So like if you have a massive space, you know, it's it can take longer to mop. You ever seen this one? No. This one has a clean water section and a gray water section. Does uh, it does it shoot the clean water into the mop bristles? I mean, maybe indirectly, but listen. Maybe, maybe I was talking about like a uh like a milk pitcher rinser, yeah, but for your mop, maybe so. I wish I would. Maybe we can call in Elias. Elias, what did you mean? <laughs> Break that down for us. But also maybe this O Cedar Easy Wiring Rinse Clean Microfiber Spin Mop and Bucket Floor Cleaning System in gray would be perfect for him. Affiliate link below. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then last write in was from Kent Sheridan. Oh my gosh. He says no on the frozen rock espresso ball. Yes on frozen glass or ceramic. Oh, okay. So he he's he's voting. Last week we were talking about how uh, just all these like coffee accessories and how they have in- infiltrated the home market and whether they will hit the cafes eventually. Yeah. And there are these frozen balls that you put in the freezer, you freeze them, you put 
on top of your demi and you pull the shot over it and it supposedly locks the flavor in. Uh, and Kent... Get locked. Listen, Kent's hip to some of the coffee trends. And he, he knows, probably knows more about temperature... Oh, for sure. ...stuff than most. Yeah. So he says to just freeze your glass. So I'm going to give it a try. What a great idea. Yeah. I wonder what the drinking temperature is, though. Hmm. It's probably not that much lower. Yeah. It's but, probably just like instantly drinkable and maybe better. Maybe. Who knows? I can tell you right now, people in Dumbwoody would hate that. I've already got like it hot, hot, hot. Yes. I've already got uh, complaints from people writing in about how our cups are not pre-warmed on top of the espresso machine. What? Yeah. And so the espresso is is under temp. The espresso itself? Mm-hmm. Whoa. Have yeah. you tried it? I have. And? And there is a difference. But it is only, it's not the temperature of the espresso. It's the temperature of the cup itself that's making you perceive the espresso as hotter. Mm. So if you have a pre-warmed demi versus a room temp demi, the pre-warmed demi, the espresso is going to taste hotter. And that is what some people are used to. Did you make sure to write back to them correcting them? Yeah, I said I put in extensive research. You said, well, actually. Yeah, I said, well, actually, at least five times. And it was only one paragraph. Well, read the room. How would you even do that? Uh, so are we going to like pre-warm the cups? Something? Yeah, I've I've got a hair dryer behind the bar, and I've just been kind of spraying that thing all over the cups. Running it all day long. I wonder why our power <laughs> bill was sky high. Oh, boy. Oh. All right. So we want to tell you guys something. Listen up. You should not put confusing things on your coffee menu and that means you're gonna have to kind of kind of step away and just you're gonna have to let starbucks win okay bow down to the bucks what we mean by this is it's going to create a headache for you and all your baristas if macchiato is up there heck maybe even cortado heck maybe even cappuccino heck maybe even flat white. Definitely, Definitely flat, flat white. <laughs> well, and we have seen this so much throughout the years. And we have tried to take it from a few different angles. And I think we've kind of settled in a place. But yeah. we just want to we just want to talk about it cuz that's what we do here. We Can talk we about talk? stuff. I think the the uh underlying principle to this conversation is crafting your experience and systems in a way that reduces guest stress as much as possible. And there's, there's things you can put on your menu that could be like technically objectively true, but that doesn't matter if you care about what I, what I was just proposing. Less stresso, more espresso. Yes. I could have just said that. Is that what you're trying to say? That's what I was trying to get at. Well, guys, what's confusing on our menu? Because Cortado's on there. Mm -hmm. There's a little section called uh, Eighth Wave in Alpharetta. Another section called Coffee Nerd Drinks in Dunwoody. Yeah. 
it's got some stuff on there that maybe people don't know. And the question you have to ask is, is it worth it and why? Right, because we've chosen to put some confusing drinks on there and leave some off. Yep. Confusing drinks that we decided to not put on our menu are macchiato, flat want. I wouldn't even put a flat white on there if I like wanted to. Same. Uh, Cafe Olay. Wow. There's there's some others. The one that I think of the most that probably like matters actually the most in my experience is iced coffee. A lot of young cats come in to the space and they want a caramel iced coffee or a vanilla iced coffee. And that is because of Chick-fil-A, Dunkin' Donuts, and Starbucks that are... I don't know how they're all making it. I know that Chick-fil-A is not using espresso, but they're taking probably like some sort of cold brew, some sort of cream, maybe pre-sweetened cream. They're just making like iced coffee, milk, and vanilla syrup. Yeah. And that's what... Like roundabout and iced vanilla latte. Yeah, but like I guess less caffeine in total because it's just less coffee overall. Um, So I... That that's the conversation somebody's like walks up, they're usually like under twenty three years old, and they're like, I want a vanilla iced coffee. Freaking Gen Z, man. And I'm and my my thing at that point, my responsibility is to figure out what they mean when they say that. Cause some people do, man. Some people just want a cold brew with lavender vanilla syrup. And I'm like Yeah. Okay. That's what blows my mind. Cause that have you had it? It's so, so gross. I'm sorry if you're out there and you're drinking that. We need to do a reaction video where you try that in lifetime, though. Yeah, it's just like you chart out all of the craziest drinks you've made in the past month, uh-huh. and we just drink them all here, and we react to the product we're serving. That is a great idea. I love it. <laughs> yeah, because some one day I made an almond cappuccino, and something happened where I actually didn't need to. And I drank it, and I was like, "This is pretty good." Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that's what you. I know, but said. I would have, I would have had never made myself an almond milk cappuccino. I mm. I enjoy tasting random drinks oh, like yeah. that, just as much as I enjoy like dialing an espresso or a pour over or whatever. Yesterday, I made an iced peppermint tea with simple syrup. Yeah, and I just that's like, what I'm talking about. And I just put in a little too much water because I was like, I'm going to try this. Yeah, absolutely. And I was like, it's pretty pretty fire. Like, give me a, give me like a iced decaf Americano with a splash of almond. Come on. I want to taste that kind of stuff. Let I'm, me know. I'm wanting to try the dirty matcha that we serve I want to know. <laughs> Can you show uh, me? Because I have no clue what that is tasting like. There's Dude, no way that tastes good. Okay, I had it. Uh, someone made it for me in Dunwoody and I said, this is a fundamentally flawed beverage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Guys, we got to get back on topic. Yeah, you're right. Thank you. Uh, we don't have macchiato on. Yep. Why? Because Charbucks. Uh, More like five bucks. Because <laughs> it costs five bucks. You get a beep, boop, dang cup of coffee. Come on. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, you guys probably, most people probably know this, but. I don't even know this for sure, but does Starbucks just have 
multiple drinks and then they just come in multiple sizes and they're all just like lattes multiple drinks multiple sizes i think and they're all named something else yeah what you're getting at is like the macchiato cappuccino and the latte and the flat white can all be served at 12 ounces and it's all just like yeah, I dude, I think so. <laughs> because we went to the Dumbwitty Starbucks that one time, and I looked at the menu, and I was like, what am I looking at? Yeah. Like Their this, menu is extremely hard to read. Like, so much stuff just isn't even on there. It's just, yeah. like, all over the place. Yeah. And obviously, they're, they know more than us. The, yeah, they're Let doing everything clear. intentionally. They're, they're doing just fine. They're the ones that have shops across the world. And the money for market research. Yeah, they're beloved. But I was just like, what am I looking at? Yeah. So when, and that becomes the baseline, the default for a lot of people's like coffee menu knowledge. Correct. And this is obviously not the biggest deal in the whole world. But let me tell you, when you have to constantly explain yourself to your guest, you got a problem. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, you got an L and it starts to wear down on you. It starts to wear down on your guests. And obviously, if they like what you're doing, they'll come back and then they'll like they'll get it. But it's not fun to like make your team suffer through explaining what a traditional macchiato is compared to a Starbucks macchiato like fifty times a day. Yeah. When I think we serve like one every three days. Yeah, that's yes. But so yeah, we just chose to and it's a fine drink. Mm-hmm. It's just macchiato in Italian means marked with foam, I think. Mm-hmm. You know when you just hear stuff, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. just got told this. Yeah. And so, but it's just like a little tiny, tiny drink. And so when someone comes to your cafe and they order a caramel macchiato, they don't want a three-ounce beverage. With caramel. Yeah. If you have ever served that beverage to someone... You should feel bad. Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on you. There's you freedom. know they There's freedom. Want There's forgiveness. But you but need to change. With enough time, you know? Yeah. Maybe. And we'll forgive you seven times seven, but... But maybe not if you did admit that. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, we... I think we, we used to have macchiato on the menu. Yeah? Or have we never? I think we just never. Okay. Well, other places that I've worked where we have had macchiato on the menu... When they order it, it's just it's it's not a good feeling. Even when people order it now, to have to be like, so tell me what you want. If they yeah. just say macchiato, because it just yeah. it's like how how can you write a script that doesn't seem pretentious? Yeah, and that's the hardest thing because you it seems as if you're because if they did want a macchiato, a lot of times they'll scoff at you for even asking. Yeah, it's kind of lose lose. Oh yeah. And then if they don't want a traditional macchiato, then they feel stupid. Well, just think about like the iPhone over the years, how when you unbox a new iPhone, sorry, Ethan, you you kind of left out of this because you're a Google Pixel guy, but um, the iPhone 3, whatever, versus now, like the setup process for that has evolved like crazy. Like nowadays, like when you get, uh, like Rachel just got an air tag for her keys. You Flex. take it out of the thank you. We even have a case for it that goes on the keys. Um, oh but you take it out of the box, right? Like you pull the tab 
And then your iPhone is immediately lights up and is like, is this AirTag yours? And all you do is click yes. What would you like to name it? Blah, 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 blah. Done. And it's it's your Apple is creating systems and flows of service, if you will, that completely cater to this new customer. And they're trying to minimize friction as much as possible. And but they're able to do it while still creating a like distinct brand. And that's always the the balance that I think of. You know, life's about the gray, boys. It's not so black and white. Do you understand? It's not everything's not <laughs> Just so black and white. Say all that back one more time and a lot slower. <laughs> I'll see if I can follow. Um, but you know, I think about like being a distinct brand versus like catering to customers completely. So like a really, really like distinct brand move is like, man, if I just loved macchiatos and I was so passionate about macchiatos, it's like, I'm putting this thing on the menu. I don't care how many times I have to explain it. Like the customers, if they want to get with my brand, they're going to have to learn what a macchiato is. (laughs) Or you could just not do that and just cater to the, what minimize friction with the experience. Let it be an intuitive process. I think is what I'm saying with the iPhone. It's so intuitive. Now you, you just, open the thing and like it's already crafted to each customer's mindset and way of doing things. So I think that's really what what making a menu and a coffee experience is all about. Oh. I so Ethan just saw they under Starbucks macchiato section they have caramel macchiato which is a caramel latte and then they have espresso macchiato which looks like a, a traditional macchiato in a more that just looks so bad <laughs> it looks really gross 15 calories Pfft. our rich espresso <coughs> marked with dollop of seamed milk and foam a european style classic uh so they have it too they have it yeah for sure um so i don't know I'm maybe so maybe we all just need to add caramel macchiato to our menus and call it a day done Sure, it's good. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just so interested in the philosophy of how their menu is so complicated. Yeah, I can't understand their menu. Anytime I walk into a Starbucks, it's almost always with my wife, and I'm like, just order me something. Just order me something sweet is usually my yeah. my direction because I I can't comprehend what I'm looking at. And so, how do you? create a mega corporation off of such a complex thing whenever this is we try to we like say we don't want people to have to like burn a lot of calories to get our product (laughs) care to comment what i'm looking at here looking at this menu is like it's less of a building blocks build your own model that is we do and that you would maybe attribute to like a Chipotle or a yeah, uh, you've got like the, the basis of each drink and yeah, where you like we're like we're trying to spell it out for you like this is you can start with this and you can add this and you can do this. Starbucks seems to have done like a we've created beverages drinks drinks and you pick them yeah, and within that you can <laughs> modify, which is kind of interesting to me that they still have to honor the modification of the build your own, but the starting point is like at step four, not at step one. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, let me get a cinnamon dolce latte, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Instead of let me get a latte with this, this with the cinnamon syrup, the whipped cream, the sh- cinnamon on top, and this, this, this. Yeah. Which makes sense why people walk up and just say, I want a, like a caramel coffee. Yeah. And then Cause, we. Because it's a drink. Yeah. It's not a build your own. Yeah. And, and when back to the, the brand side of it, it's like when. When people go to Starbucks, they're not going to get coffee. They're going to get Starbucks. Wow. There's a difference. Because wow. it's their brand is that potent and like cemented in people's minds and rhythms. For the love or hate side of it. Yeah. Like people love to hate Starbucks too. And people, like they love to brag to us that yeah. that happens all the time. Like, oh yeah, I haven't drank Starbucks in, in years. Yeah. Like even people who aren't really into specialty coffee. Right, and then they'll be like, "Yeah, I only drink Dunkin'," but yeah, but it, it's more of their hate for Starbucks than their love for the other product. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah, and we've started to see glimpses of that. Like as our brand has become more like a part of people's people's rhythms, they don't say like, "We're gonna go get coffee." Where should we go? It's like we're gonna go get Valor. I like yeah. when people say that because they they're they're not just going for the drink in their cups; like they're going for the whole experience to get valor going for the people that are behind the bar in the space and all that. Um, but I mean, I guess macchiato cappuccino flat white. I mean, really the thing to do is like, if you just have to explain those all the time, then why put them on your menu? Especially just from a specialty coffee perspective, because we all have different, uh, definitions of what those drinks mean. Yeah. I was pretty interested of the model that a, a southern coffee company took called Revelator where they like they really leaned into the build your own and it was like espresso plus x amount of milk. Ah uh, yeah. It's and confusing. that kind of stripped it all away which I feel like if you match that with really awesome hospitality maybe it could work but I remember like there wasn't any budge of like I've been in line and someone's like, I'll have a cappuccino. It's like, well, which one do you want from us? Instead of like, oh, let's help meet there. Because there's just so much translation that needs to happen. Yeah, I appreciate the the innovative approach. Oh, yeah. You know, of saying like a cappuccino, a a cortado cappuccino and latte is all just espresso plus a different amount of milk. So let's spell it out that way. I get that. But there's like the, the idea you have in the boardroom and then there's the way it's perceived perceived and accepted by normal people that walk through your store every day for sure i saw that do they offer a starbucks reserve latte at all locations now doesn't look like it because i was trying to order a 20 shot reserve latte uh what was interesting though and it said unavailable it looked like the like default that it sets you up with sets up that one with whole milk and all their other drinks were set up Default 2%. 2%. That is interesting. How about that? Because especially coffee shops, default's always whole milk, by the way. Well, okay. How about the confusing things? Yeah. I'm, we're going to talk about the confusing things that we do put on our menu. I want to go back really quickly to explaining people drinks to see if we're giving them what they actually want again and how we can do that. Because it's a flat, flat white is another typical case. Yeah. Someone... <sighs> 
is from or goes to Australia and they come to America and they feel like they have to order a flat white everywhere. Yep. And are they, you talking about me? They order a flat white and we ju- all we want to do is give them what they want. What they want. And so we press into it. But then they have this attitude like we then have no idea what we're doing because we ask them what they want. If they actually want like a Australian style flat white. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you script that? Or is it just like, does it go back to the thing of like, who cares? Because that person might not be your demographic vibe. They kind of are a demographic though. <laughs> I The way that I say it is I think visuals are a huge part of this. So whenever, let's take the flat white example. We want to make the Starbucks person not feel dumb, and we want to not appear dumb to the Australian goer that loves flat whites, that just like can't seem to find a coffee shop that knows what a real flat white is. Um, <clears throat> so we like to have stacks of our different size cups by the register, and also like our ceramics within reasonable walking distance to the register so whenever somebody says i'll have a flat white to be honest with you i look at them and i judge them first a little bit i'm like does this person look like they would know what a flat white is and i'm not right every time but i'm right a good bit of the time and i'm not going to go into the specifics of that but you just just, it sucks to have to do that just take take that to mean what you think it means so i do that and then um, I'm like, yeah, we can absolutely make that for you. Uh, are you looking for a kind of a traditional size flat white? And I'll hold up a cappuccino cup, like five, six ounces or so. Or are you looking for something more like a latte size, like this 12-ounce cup? Um, and there's nuance in that because people love the word traditional and they like to hear how many ounces are in the drink if they do know what a flat white is. If they're going off the Starbucks flat white, I can hold up a big cup that would be in the future filled with coffee, and they like the idea of that. So I can say this is a big cup, but there's also like a little element of education and correction by calling it a latte size. So there's like a little bit of like you are wrong, but like it's in a way that they receive well. Basically every time, I I punted on that a while ago, maybe a couple of years ago. I'm just like, do you want to make it bigger? Yeah, and so then yeah. and then and then like six months ago, I started saying, do you want to make it bigger? And then they they say yes. I'm like, okay. Well, because we have the new register where the drinks come up in front of them, I'm like, to make it bigger, I have to ring this up as a latte. Mm. Just so you know. Yeah. What if you can disable that feature? That would be awesome. Yeah. The reason I care about educating the customer a little bit is because it's for scalability reasons, like where we have a new hire or even a hire that's been there for a year, but just doesn't fully know the nuance of all this stuff is like what, whenever somebody comes in, they're like, Oh, I want my flat white that I get here. Like what if that employee doesn't fully know how to navigate all that? So I like to be able to correct the customer only in a way that is like zero friction for them. Mm. So that's the first thing I do. <clears throat> and there's something else I was going to say. Oh, and 
if if they if I can start to like pick up on the vibe that they think I'm an idiot for not knowing what a flat white is, I'm like, oh yeah, like this is so just like yeah, screw Starbucks. I, I maybe I'll like lean that. I've never t- talked bad about Starbucks ever, but um, especially not on the podcast. But uh, I'm I'm like, oh yeah, I love flat whites. Like this is, and then I, sometimes I'm like, it's kind of funny how like people have different definitions for these drinks and they're always like, Oh yeah, totally. Like, yeah, screw those people. And I'm like, ha ha. ha. And then we move on. So you're enabling basically Dang. <clears throat> the nuance, man, the nuance of ordering a coffee. Starbucks description for flat white is smooth. Rosette, ristretto, risetto. <laughs> Excuse me. Smooth ristretto shots of espresso get the perfect amount of steamed whole milk to create a not too strong, not too creamy, just right flavor. So we're putting risotto in this? <laughs> yeah, risotto. <laughs> so it's also made with whole milk instead of two percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's so like these I, like coffee. I get drinks. I get it. I I'm get just all like, that. where did this come from? Yeah. It, the, so here, here's another interesting one, right? So this happened yesterday when I was on bar. Somebody came up and they ordered a 16-ounce uh, vanilla cappuccino. So there's a couple ways you can go about that. Like the first way that I'll say is the wrong way, but it like could be technically the right way. First of all, I'd be like, um, well, First of all, what? <laughs> First of all, you're wrong on so many levels. Let me just explain a few things. That That's a one good rule of thumb. If somebody orders something and you find yourself having to be like, this was a wrong thing that you did, this was a wrong thing that you did, and we don't have that, and we also don't have that. Like, just don't. Don't do that. I, just I don't, walk away. I don't <laughs> walk away. I don't know how you're not going to do that, but don't. Figure it out. <clears throat> Because one, we don't have just vanilla. We have lavender vanilla. Um, and so I just said in that like scenario, I was like, yeah, coming right up. And then I typed in a 16-ounce. Did I say vanilla or caramel? I can't remember. You said vanilla. I typed in a 16-ounce whole milk lavender vanilla latte, and I put in the notes cappuccino. <laughs> Because the, you can get into a little trouble there where like the person who's making the drink is like, all right, now which one of you had the latte? And they're like, oh, like no, no one, no one here had a latte. Uh, so I put cappuccino. And and it's great. It's amazing. But that's that's the thing is I chose to temporarily fix the problem. And in the future, somebody could order that and I'm not at concierge and you know, they they get a tiny drink and they're like, what the heck? I ordered this the same way last time and I got a totally different result. But I also don't want to be like, hey, just so you know, like, this is how you order coffee. <laughs> oh. So it's a balance. Dude, we just have such a hard job. It, life is so hard being oh. a professional barista. Dude, the other day I was catering this wedding. <laughs> this was good. Um, maybe only you guys will think this is funny or, but so I was catering the wedding. I was alone at this wedding and we were doing batched the batched package, which is cold cold brew, hot brew and nitro oat milk, lavender, vanilla latte in a keg. Um, we have a slogan. It's coffee batch. (laughs) It's coffee batch. Um, (laughs) 
That's funny. That's so crazy. somebody walks up. It's this dude. <laughs> he was he was just like, so are you a are you a barista? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that was it, bro. Wow. It was just so funny to me that uh, he asked that. And uh, <laughs> and I, you are and I am. And uh, barista at heart, baby. That was, it was just funny. Yeah, like, oh, no, I, I actually, I, I own this. Nobody's ever asked me if I'm a barista. <laughs> so like, are you like, this is what baristas look like was like the tone I was getting. Was, what were you wearing, dude? Uh, a button down and an apron. Just kidding. No apron. Dang it. Did he have anything to say after asking? No. And that was another funny part. He's like, huh. he's like, ah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're like, well, there's not really an espresso machine around. I'm just doing the batch package, so maybe right now I'm not. Yeah, I guess technically. That is funny. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. We are baristas. We you're not. Uh, see a barista? Hey. He wishes. He's I've all, stepped behind dude, the you're, bar. Dude, you're a home barista. Oh, yeah. Mega home barista. Uh, wholesale shout outs. Hey, we're going to shout out an account we have up in Dayton, Ohio. Warehouse four, Adam Low, Adam Low, Adam. baby. Uh, how, Warehouse four seems cool. Ross, how how did we get connected with Warehouse four? Man, he reached out. Great, that was it. Elijah had nothing to do with it. I don't think so. Elijah, comment below if you had anything to do with it. Yeah, Adam, no comment below if Elijah had anything to do with it. Warehouse four has two locations. They are also a bake shop, and I mean, it just looks awesome. It looks fantastic. Scrum Look at those cinnamon lunch. rolls. Mm. I'm so hungry. Uh, looks like they serve a few different coffees. We got some counterculture. You guys remember how good iridescent from counterculture was yeah. and probably still is? Probably still is. Yeah. I haven't had it in a hot minute, but goodness, it's good. Um, so Warehouse 4, thank you so much. If you're in the Dayton, Ohio area, Go give them, go give them a, a couple dollars and get one of their fantastic looking cups of coffee. Look at that! My goodness, Wait, what is that? I don't know, but I want it. Don't you want it? Run, don't walk to your nearest warehouse for location. <laughs> uh, anyways, it's been it's been great uh, sending sending some bean up to warehouse four, and what an honor! Oh yeah, I I wish I could go to Ohio. Ohio's a hotbed of coffee. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of coffee in Ohio. Our friend Elijah is in Ohio. I'm going to be up in the Lexington area in July, and I'm thinking about trying to pop up to same here, bro. Cincinnati. You're kidding. <laughs> Maybe not July, but I think it's around there. All right. What are you guys doing in Lexington? I am going to go to some bourbon distilleries. Whoa. Wow. You haven't told us. I know. Did I'm you sorry. put in a time off request? Why? Why haven't you told us? Did you put in a time off request? Yeah. Um, this is my time off request. Do you guys care if I go? Yeah, I care. I care. But that, like in a good way? Yeah. Mm, mostly. You guys can come if you want. Not neutral. That was funny. That was a coffee yeah, it was, joke. It was okay. Yeah. Okay. What are you doing in Lexington? Gig? What's the only reason I travel about the Southeast? Fishing. Fishing. <laughs> Got some good uh, natural lakes in Lexington, I bet. Oh, yeah. None of them are man-made. It's the only state in America that doesn't have any man-made lakes. Did you guys know that? Oh, my gosh. Can you put another banner under that that says false, (laughs) false fact? Yeah. I'm going to start fact-checking Ross. It's going to add 
five hours to my editing <laughs> process. Because I just always am spewing kind of true facts. Yeah. Erroneous. Only kind of true. All right. Well, hey, that's where we're going to wrap it. Ethan, yeah, play the outro music. All right. Love y'all. Love you.